Welcome to At The Counter, the show that takes the conversations had at the counter of your local comic book store and brings them to the internet. And for the record, we're, we're sorry. sorry. I'm Marcus Antea. And I'm Christian Kenty. We're coming to you from the Frugal Dutchman, a kind of nerdvana here in lovely Ridgeway, Ontario. It's a comic book, action figure, gaming, antique, and all-around nifty store. I'm a random customer who's a big nerd from way back. And I'm the store owner. And we've been having these conversations for years with other people dropping in and out to add points, and we've decided to share them with you. So take a trip with us down the nerdy rabbit hole to overhear the conversations that happen at, at the, the counter. counter. Okay, Christian, what is the topic for today? What's the topic? Uh, today we are catching up on some of our backlog because it took us so long to get to season two, which uh, we do apologize about. Uh, and, and we're going to do our best to catch up on some things that we've missed and Wednesday is one of them. What happens uh, on Wednesday? Well, you know, Wednesday is Wednesday. Okay, just completely on uh, before we get into this, because immediate tangents, that's what we do here. <laughs> Tell me they actually dropped weekly Wednesdays on Wednesday. I honestly don't know. We came to it after the fact. Yeah, I got to it. It was already all done. Yeah, so it came to me but highly again, recommended. It is Netflix, and Netflix likes to drop everything all at once. Yeah. Uh, well, they kind of go back and forth because Riverdale, they did a different way, right? We're they were doing. We're not talking about Riverdale. We're not talking ever. about Riverdale. Riverdale is an atrocity. Anyways, uh, Wednesday is a series, uh, Netflix series, really, really quality Netflix series. I've not, I don't think I've ever had a series come so highly recommended by unusual sources. You know, a couple of friends of mine who don't usually recommend things for me to watch were saying, you really have to get into this one. And and so we did. With any series that's on one of one of my streams, because we've got Netflix, Paramount, and Disney+. Plus. And if any of those services want to pay us for advertising, we'd be more than happy to take your money. Uh, <laughs> but those are the three that I run. Uh, we used to do Prime, but there wasn't enough on it to keep me going on it for the price. Normally, when I come across a new series on one of my streaming services, I have to ask the question. There's a conversation that happens with my wife, right? You're probably familiar with this. Maybe not as much. I know nope. you and Lori don't share as much of your commonalities and what you watch as uh, Chris and I do. But there's always a question, is this something that you would be interested in? Or am I okay to watch this on my own time? <laughs> yeah, the problem is is when we decide we're going to watch something together and then Laurie will watch one or two ahead. And so I'll just put on and catch up to current and she yeah. stopped at one ahead and I didn't realize that. Yeah. Then we get that whole, I can't believe you watched that without me. So. See, yeah, and that's why we have the conversation ahead of time. Because there is any number of things that I can take interest in, but my wife's purview of things that she will actually sit and watch is a lot more limited. And especially given the time of day that we have to watch it, she's got to be invested to stay up and watch it. Fair right? enough. So, because we've got the young kids and stuff, and so, you know, that... 8 to 9, 9.30 window. <laughs> it's like, it, that's as long as she'll be able to stay awake to watch anything. Otherwise, she's lost to the world. And so we have to have that conversation ahead of time. Uh, again, I can watch things while I'm working. I can watch things on my own any time of day. I can stay up till midnight, 1 o'clock, sometimes just watching. Yep. And I'm bright and bushy-tailed the next day. But this was one that, as I was thinking about the conversation, I was like, oh, Wednesday, right. People keep telling me about Wednesday. I got to watch it. Okay, well, I know she was into the Adams Family as a kid, so maybe I should ask. And 
as I'm about to spit out the word, she's like, would you be interested in watching Wednesday with me? Because we had Netflix. We were scrolling through. Right. <laughs> Wednesday looks good. You want to watch it? As- Absolutely. Yeah, we can watch it together. Because it's hard to find things that we have common ground on. Because she doesn't want to watch Star Trek or Star Wars or any of that kind of stuff. Right? And so, and that's where a lot of material comes from. So, that, that was our big one. I fell in love with it after the first episode. I thought it was really well put together. I have some reservation on it even have her having it watch a complete and the reason i'm having some minor issue with it is because it doesn't really jive with the adams family lore the whole point about the adams family (laughs) that i'm having a go on (laughs) go on The whole point about the Adams Family, starting back with the cartoon, or the comic, sorry, not the cartoon, with the comic, is the fact that they are just a weird family that love macabre and love each other. They are a happy, perfectly well-adjusted family that are just messed up. Everybody else around them are normal and miserable and they are abnormal and exceedingly happy for all the tragedy and weird stuff that happens they have a love because that that's what translated into the tv show the original tv show they didn't go super crazy with the supernatural they had weird they had the weird hand the hand okay but it wasn't witchcraft it wasn't that weird stuff because it was the fifties. You couldn't do that. Yeah. But it was all about a well-adjusted family in a completely bizarre situation. Hmm. And because it's on, I want to see Roku channel right now, the original two seasons of Adam's family television show were on there. So I put one on the other day and I was shocked because I'd forgotten this in the original series Pugsley is older than Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. By a good three or four years. Okay. First thing he does, he comes out and he fixes Wednesday's doll. And it has no head. And the truant officer says, but that doll has no head. She goes, yes, it's Marie Antoinette. Of course. Yeah. So the little girl that played Wednesday in the TV show didn't have quite as much psychological damage as what's her name? Christina Ricci. Okay. Because it wasn't dark and it wasn't bizarre. They were just a happy family in a very strange situation that did strange stuff like not quite torturing each other, but they were, it's not quite that level. Then came the movies and the movies still centered on the fact that they were a loving family, but Wednesday got very dark. Pugsley was still a goofy moron. Yeah. Mama was still crazy old one. I mean, by the end of obviously, if you haven't seen the original Adams Family movie, top. It's a 30-year-old movie. You're not getting spoiler alerts. <laughs> by the end of it, Fester was normal with them again. Yeah. Wednesday was the one who got darker. Yeah. And it was dark enough that it did kind of screw up Christina Ricci for a while. She was not happy about playing Wednesday. She's grown out of it. She's figured out. She has figured out which side her bread is buttered on, obviously. But then it got to the second movie. Same thing. They were all they were all good. 
the third movie where they had to switch out Morticia and uh, and Gomez because Gomez died and Angelica Houston didn't want to play her again. They switched it out for huh, Tim Curry and Daryl Hannah. Not a good movie. They went right off the deep end with it. It was called Adam's Family Reunion. And it's just not good. It's yeah. not a good addition. Then they got to the cartoons, the, the like the, the animated stuff. And that went full over into Supernatural Macabre. Yeah. They killed Lurch and he came back to life as a zombie. And that's because Lurch was kind of nobody was quite sure. This one, they went, nope, he's a zombie now. So each iteration gets further and further away from the original intention. So now when you get to Wednesday, Wednesday hates her parents. Now, I get that's the teenage angst thing. You get to the teenage angst thing, I get it. But Wednesday hates her parents, hates everything about them. Like, again, this is a big spoiler cast, guys. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Wednesday, go watch it before you listen to the to the podcast. You know, she tries to get her father arrested for murder or wants it investigated because she doesn't believe he didn't do it. And like, there's so many things that don't make sense. Wednesday protecting her little brother. Okay. Throwing the, um, throwing the uh, piranhas in the pool. Absolutely Mm -hmm. right. But after that, it gets really dark. She threatened things life multiple times. And threatened to entomb him in a drawer if he didn't do what she like. She did not. She went full dark. I I find it um, and and drawing from '90s era Adams Family. Mm-hmm. All right, I find that you don't get to see in in that era. You don't get to see a lot of Wednesday and Pugsley's interaction with each other. You see snippets of it, right? It's it's. You, it doesn't show you the interaction itself. It'll just allude to it, right? Whereas in this, it kind of takes her to a point of this is an acting how she may enact. And you have to kind of buy into the intensification of Wednesday's personality into her teenage angst as well. Yeah. Right? And so that's where I can buy into her discontent with her family. Uh, or with her parents specifically, and a bit of why her darker side and and some of the um, more quote-unquote messed up sides of Wednesday as a teenager uh, do play in well. Because if that's, you know, if you take it as an example of how you're raised as a child, right, and this is your personality, which has stayed, as much as it darkens, it has stayed pretty flatline level, then the intensification of that does make sense. Right. In the setting. If they had gone to her past high school, then you're talking about a different thing. And now I'm not OK with it. Right. And and I'm going to struggle with it more because you have to justify a lot of that. A little right. Bit, but my a point bit is, more. you've now gone from a macabre, happy family to now there's werewolves. Now there's vampires yep. like they've gone full yep. Sabrina, the teenage witch. Like, and that I'm not happy with because that's not the point of the Adams family. However, I did truly enjoy the, don't get me wrong. I love the series. My problem comes with loving the 
Adam's family since the cartoons of the New Yorker back in the day. I, I've got, I had collections of them. I'd read them and truly loved them and then loved the TV show. Absolutely loved the yep. TV show. Then was very happy with Raul Julia and the 90s movies. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people not being happy with the casting choice of Luis Guzman. I want to say the two parents I struggled with casting-wise. Luis uh, is a great actor. I I will not despair him as an actor at all because he, he plays the parts he plays really, really well. And he does end up suffering some typecasting, but he's not turning down roles he's fit for. And, and I do appreciate that about him. And he definitely... You can see that he definitely appreciates his his position. That the show suffers for him, but I don't know that if I'm looking... I'd be curious to see who else was on the list for this, because if I'm looking at a list, he's not the one popping out to me for for Gomez. He And a lot of his physical stature for me, right? And maybe that was the choice, is they had to maybe make Catherine Zeta-Jones look a little taller, um, because she's tall and thin, but... He, to me, and, and the newer cartoons have done that and things, he, to me, is Raul Julian. Is, he's got a bit of height to him, yes. right? And so his stature is a little bit more composed and, and not so much, uh, I don't want to even say it as, as stumpy or stubby, but he's, he's, you know, Luis kind of presents as a bit of a shorter, stockier person. Now, and once I again, like it's right. I completely disagree with you on 100%. Based on source material. Based on source material. <laughs> Because the original cartoons, that's exactly what he is exactly right. That is exactly what Gomez looked like. He was a weird little Spanish looking dude. Morticia was much taller than him. He was short, stumpy, had the cool, uh, the creepy little mustache. His hair was plastered on a part in the middle. uh, Raul Julia. Raul Julia took it. And made him suave and sophisticated and manic. And that was that was the Gomez I really enjoyed. That was the Gomez you enjoyed. However, this Gomez is true to the source material, which I was really happy to see because John Astin, people said he was suave and sophisticated. And I thought he did pretty good at being short, dumpy, and weird. Because I didn't find him handsome. No. I found, I've always found him an oddball. Like he... He reminded me a lot of uh, Marty Feldman. Never know which way the eyes uh, were going to go. And uh, he was manic. And so he got, there was the original cartoon where he was short, dumpy and, and weird looking, but loved his wife. Then you got to the TV show where he was kind of odd looking, but not short and dumpy and loved his wife. Then, but a little bit charming. Then you got to roll Julia, who was super charming. And quite handsome and a perfect match for Morticia. You could see them together. But if you look at the original cartoons, there was no reason for them to get together. They did not look like anything they should. And they fixed that in this move in this series by making him quite dashing looking when he was younger. Yeah. And he just got fatter as he got old, like we all do. So he I think. Luis Guzman was a great casting choice because that is what 
Gomez should have looked like all along. They did a little bit of that in the in the in the animated. They tried to go back to the source material, but they only used the visuals of the source material and not the fact that there was not mm-hmm. supposed to be a ton of of uh, and there wasn't supposed to be a ton of magic involved. Yeah. And Raul Julia, they didn't use a ton of magic either. Again, thing is sort of outside of that. Like it says there's supernatural involved, but there's no real psychic bonds or spell casting and all the stuff that they do in Wednesday. Again, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on Catherine Zeta Jones. She and, and I'll reiterate, I don't think she's a bad actress. Nope. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. I I struggle with the choice. Uh, with the casting for this role, Morticia is. Gosh, I hate the way I'm I'm feeling about it. Uh, she's she's this beanpole of a thin woman to me, right? And so she has to be very almost dead thin, obviously, um, and just have a, f- a few hits of the curves in the right place. I also don't think Catherine's uh, her mannerism was quite right. Uh, her acting style doesn't quite hit that light-hearted darkness the that problem, I, you come to expect from the character. The problem is you've got the Dorothy problem right now, the Dorothy Gale problem. Okay. Judy Garland played Dorothy Gale so iconically, nobody else can play her. They tried with Return to Oz. They used another girl. It was a dismal movie. It's an actually, it's actually tough to watch Judy Garland play other things without seeing her that way. Exactly. Yeah. And the same thing with Morticia Adams. Nobody can play it better than Angelica Houston. She was literally she Agreed. was born to play Morticia as much as Robert Downey Jr. was born to play Iron Man. <laughs> or you're, you're not right. Iron Man, Tony Stark. Tony Let Stark, me rephrase yeah. that. Sorry. Yeah. Anybody can play Iron Man. It takes a special yeah. person to play Tony Stark. I think, like, casting-wise, nobody can top yeah. Angelica Houston. Not even the original woman that played her that is out of my brain right now. But she she was great for the TV show. Yeah. But Morticia was codified and iconized by Angelica Houston. Nobody else can play her without being negatively compared to her. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you're up against that and you're, you're holding a light to this is the character I'm comfortable with. And that's what I want to see out of it. I totally get that. I, I still don't think she quite, it, it's the mannerism of it, right? I could get past the look cause you can manufacture the look on her, but Catherine's oh, okay. mannerism. Catherine. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Catherine's mannerism didn't quite hit the points that I would expect from the character, whether that's expectation from previous play or just the understanding of what, for me, it's, it's what the character of Morticia looks like and how she presents. And those two things to me, because they missed on both points, not by much. I'm not, it's not a long stretch. I'm, I'm okay with her where she is, but I feel like maybe it could have been done better, but I don't have a solution for it either. I, I can't pull somebody out of the air who, okay, well, why didn't they throw so-and-so into it? Yeah. Right. It's just, something's not quite where I, I'm in my happiest zone with it. It feels now, like it just missed the mark a little bit. That being said, the two parents have maybe 24 oh, it's, minutes. Yeah. It's minimal, time. minimal. Like, it's all about the school, which 
if you mix Hogwarts with St. Brutus's Academy for Incurable Criminal Children, <laughs> that's what you get, yeah. right? And I enjoyed the back and forth mystery of it. I did too. I think they wrote it really well because right up until... Was it eight episodes in the thing? Something like that. Yeah, right up until the second last episode, so like episode seven, if it was eight, I still didn't have the right answer until they let the other shoe drop at the end of the episode. Yes, like you you were guessing the entire time. Like there's an inkling of the Mm -hmm. right answer, and then you're like, "Mm," and and all of the evidence starts pushing you in a different direction. You're like, okay, and it was engaging enough that I wasn't questioning the way I was being pushed, right? I've noticed they're doing the same thing in um, National Treasure. Are they? Yeah. They're doing the exact same thing. Every time you think you have it figured out, they curveball you again. Yeah. And curve Which is good. And, and I really enjoy that because that's that's a very uh, – it's almost a Hitchcock idea of how things work is they keep switching you back and forth and keeping you in that suspense, right? Rear window is really good for yeah. that is you're not quite sure what's happening until – that point in the movie until the director wants you to understand what's happening and now you're in on it yeah right <laughs> and yeah you can and enjoy the Wednesday fallout. did a great job for that like yeah. it's been I, I can honestly say I don't know what they could do but I'm interested to see season two I am too and I believe they've been optioned now and, and picked up for a second season so I I I worry about it because season one is successful and it is complete as a story. It doesn't need exposition. It doesn't need additions. It's it's good as it sits. But I'm also interested in seeing because I you know Jenny Ortega took it and ran with it and and did her own thing and and kind of made the character fit her yeah and fit herself into the character. It kind of met that halfway, which is really good. And you've got to give credit where credit is due. The inclusion of Christina Ricci was really nice. I was really well done, too. I didn't catch it for, until the third episode. Oh, that it was her? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, knew it was I just I wasn't paying that much attention I, I, right, I, to I, her. I, I was, right you know, it, it had was that like, vague familiarity. I'm like, who is that? But who is I'm that? And really, I get that with stuff. There's been a trend in the last five to seven or eight years. When you're redoing something to go back and give a shout out to previous actors. Yeah. And I'm really happy with that. That really, I, I want to say that superiorly took off with the, with the Arrowverse stuff yep. when they did all of the multiverse stuff and, and what was it? Oh, Earth no, X and, and all that, but anything they were doing in that series that they, it was done before, but it was really, really well done there, and it became this kind of homage thing of, yeah, well, it's just what we do. In the first season right? of Supergirl, you meet her adoptive parents, and it's Helen Slater and Dean Cain, mm-hmm. who are the original Supergirl and a Superman, respectively. Mm-hmm. And they brought them back to say, hey, like they did that actually before in Flash. His dad was the Flash from the 90s Flash television mm-hmm. show. Like... They re- DC, for all its faults, really is loyal is not the right word, but they do really say to their previous incarnations, hey, you want to come play in the sandbox a little more? Come on. You want to come back. So uh, where's Henry Cavill? Finish? No, that's a different conversation. <laughs> Henry Cavill hasn't been gone long enough to do that. Oh... 
I just hope Marvel picks him up. But that's a, that's a different. Thing. That's a whole other story. We could go on about Henry Cavill for quite a while, and we we will. We no, will. I'm kidding. We won't. No, we we will at some point. It's not today. But anyways, like I said, the inclusion of Christina Ricci was really nice. It's a nice little tip the hat, right? It's, there's a few things like that in in a lot of series that I really enjoy that too, because it almost becomes a spot it too. Right is is spot the yeah. spot the actor and and that's where you get that like I said it, it wasn't until episode three that my brain really started going who is it why do I recognize this woman so much because she does look out of context oh, yeah she's right and her different. character itself is out of context which is you know why the the whole story is so beautifully done too <laughs> but you just I get that way with so I was like who is that why don't I know why can't I think of who that is da, 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 da. and then I have to go to my phone. <laughs> And start looking things up. Right? Well, I heard some people online talking about, well, what are they going to do with season two now that the school's gone? And I'm like, I hadn't watched it to that point yet. But I'm like, I don't think school's the school's gone. gone. School's not gone. They just shut down for the semester. Yeah. Like, they don't have a headmistress right now. Uh, they don't have a headmistress right now, that's but that's easily fixable. solved. Yeah. Now, again, the actress who played the headmistress took me a minute to figure out who she was, too. Who's she? She's in Game of Thrones, but she's also uh, Captain Phasma. Oh, get out! Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you really—that's that's a hard pick too, because you really don't see Phasma's face except for no, except here, you know, I saw right side of the face. I saw a whole bunch of her doing tour. Yeah, and so I got to recognize the. Got, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got to recognize the face. Oh, yeah. So hey, Star Wars trivia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> more, yeah. I love having Star Wars trivia. I love the nod to the secret society where they were like, yeah, but we don't really, we're not that intense about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it presents as this really like serious thing. It's like, well, we're really just kind of hanging out. Yeah. We just uh, sort of hang out here and do nothing. Yeah, we're not, we're not weird like they used to be. <laughs> There's a riddle. <laughs> the fact, yeah. The fact that they kept circumventing your expectations and that's a nice thing. A lot of the time. Now, I would have liked to see Christopher Lloyd brought back in to play Fester. Because I think, for me, he's the definitive Fester. He's too uh, old now, though. He is too he's old now. He's much too old now. I don't know that I'm crazy about Fred Armiston as, as Fester. Fred um, Armiston is one that I'm never sure on. You know who yeah. he reminds me of? Is Andy so, Kaufman. It's before your time, obviously, because you don't recognize it. But he's one that I mean, I've seen a lot of you never knew around. which way he was going to go. And I always have that feeling with Fred Armisen that I just, as a character, no matter what character he is, I don't trust him to do what he's supposed to do. I find Fred Armisen is a little bit more predictable to me. And not by he plays the character you expect him to play he just to me he's a very one note actor yes right and so what you see from him in any snl skit right up to you know portlandia portlandia he was in brooklyn 99 and a couple other things too who was he in 99 he was they kept going to his apartment to get him to oh right he was a side character yeah yeah but um like <clears throat> He, the roles he ends up playing is he sounds like it's 
It's very much, oh, that's Fred Armiston playing so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. Right? And and he tries to – I don't know if he's trying to do it or if it just naturally happens. It's just his method um, that he brings a character to himself instead of inserting himself into the character. And, and I struggle with him for that because there are certain points where, yes, he was cast really well to that and that fits. But in this case, I feel like we're off the mark with that. And it's not the only example in his uh, So, cinema. so far – We've noticed that we don't like any of the adults <laughs> or we don't agree on any of the adults. Yeah. I, I like, um, gosh, what's her name? Who played the, the therapist? Oh, She's uh, Ricky Lindholm. Ricky Lindholm. Thank you. I, I think she was, she was unusually well in that role. I was not expecting that when I first saw her show up. We're talking about the Adams family, not the casting of the actual movie. We don't like any of the adults in the family. Oh, <laughs> Like the the uh, the headmistress was great, the therapist was great, the sheriff was really well cast. I'm talking about really well Fester, Morticia, and uh, Gomez. Yeah. We can't agree on them. Okay, because these are, and maybe that's just the problem: is these are characters we had expectations for. Whereas the ones we're okay with are the ones that there there's not they're a new. lot of yeah they're new, they're non pre existing characters, right? So now see, I'm trying to cast. Maybe you have to just take it outside of itself and, and just be okay with it. I'm where trying it is. to cast Fester with somebody better in my head now. I'm struggling with it because who do you, it's it's such a specific character archetype too, and what he the role he plays in the overall story is kind of somewhat inconsequential, right? He's Fester being there is a drop in because we have to have Fester. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. How do you get to play Fester? Oh, and that was the other thing. Since when the heck does Fester have lightning powers? Like. No, that's always, always been a thing. Yeah. Always. Yeah. People are like, I don't, that's not a thing. He didn't have lightning powers. I'm like, yeah, no, he always did. The big thing, his big gag was always putting, putting the, light the light bulb in, in his, his mouth. mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, as much as it may not have been lightning of the Sith or whatever, it's, yeah. you know, he's, he's always been electrically charged. Yeah. That's not new. I'm just, now I'm, now I'm honestly trying to think of somebody who would have been better. Sandberg? No. No, Andy Samberg's the wrong kind of goofy for that. Yeah. Right? He's He's got to be... I mean, you really have to try and replace Christopher Lloyd's Fester, which is tough, right? Um, and he replaced the original Fester yeah. and did it very well. Yeah. Well, and Except again, you're, you're, you're stepping up, right? But even Christopher Lloyd's voice in it is still really well done. Christopher right? Lloyd's it, voice matches does a Christopher thing. Lloyd's uh, Fester. Yeah. But the original Fester, yeah. he had that weird, squeaky, yeah. strange voice, which was, I don't want to keep using the word iconic, but it is. It is. You, you hear you that voice, you're like, yeah, you know. that's Uncle Fester. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of, well, you know, just like everything else, The Rock could do it, I guess. Because he's you're doing just everything thinking of a else. bald guy now. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm just, <laughs> no, the joke was, he's in every other movie, why not this one? Right. And if it's not The Rock, Kevin Hart... <laughs> Because he's the right height. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Colin Mockery. <laughs> Colin Mockery would have been great, but he's he too old. He did an interesting fester. He, he, but he's too old. <laughs> yeah, Again, like That's the problem is we keep hitting these people are too old, and we're all also going for bald people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We might have to come back to that. I have to have, have to think to, about have it. have to think about that. We'll reckon that in another episode. If anybody... Has any better casting for Gomez or oh, hit Morticia? Us, hit us with a comment. Yeah, hit us I'd with love a comment because I'm now ideas. I'm trying to. 
We're trying to second guess Hollywood, folks. <laughs> and we as a community can do We're not it. just second guessing Hollywood. We're second guessing Netflix. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's Netflix is not quite Hollywood, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean you're very right. The the characters I'm really okay with the, the casting of Ooh. are the ones who don't exist outside of this show right now. <laughs> so the guy who played Drax the Santarin. Oh, Batista. He, no, 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 not that Drax. The other Drax. The Santarin in Doctor Who. What well, oh, he would, on that one? You're outside of my realm. Okay, he he might be a good fester if he had a good American accent, but as you say, uh, Batista's not. No, no, not uh, Batista. No, 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 no. <laughs> not quite the right. No, 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 Drax. As you say, you're really just reaching for bald guys. No, 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 at that Drax point. is a Santarin, <laughs> which is basically a potato alien. Okay, but visually with the makeup he did for the Santarans, I can see him using the bald and going with it as Fester. And I think that would be, it would not be a bad cast, but another Brit playing an American. They don't like that. It wouldn't have happened, but I don't know. It's happening a lot and we don't even notice it half the time. So, (laughs) Oh, we notice it. Americans don't. We we notice it. The Americans don't. Yeah. Uh, You know, Tom Holland's British, right? I can't think of of anybody right now. It's top of my head. That's irritating when you go, that's not right. What's right? I don't know. I don't know though. Yeah. And this is why I'm not in these positions is because I, I don't have the answer. I just know that's not the right one. And that's why I'm not a casting director. And that's why we can sit there as big nerds and second guess other right? people's decisions who get paid big money to make those decisions. Yep. <laughs> but anyways, getting back to the actual plot line. I didn't mind the plot. I thought the plot no, I was, was well. happy with it, yeah. It was well written, a lot of twists and turns. I was getting a little tired of the conflict between her and the sheriff and her and the um, her and the headmistress. Yep. Because then there was also the side conflict with her and the mermaid girl and then the friendly kind of contact with the roommate. Yeah. There was, I I get it's her character. I understand that. But until the end, there was no non-conflict relationship she has. Well, and like. And I get that's the point. Don't get me wrong. I understand it's the point is she pushes everybody away because she doesn't want any friendships. But a bit of what was annoying about that to me was that it was just very blatant. Uh, it, it seemed a little campy uh, to try and just make, oh, well, Wednesday doesn't have any friends. She pushes everybody away. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If you push that many people away, I mean, a bunch of people she didn't want around threw her a birthday party. And these are people who, aside from her roommate have for all intents and purposes just written her off they would not have participated in this thing the only one that should have still been around to participate is the one that she saved his life of course from being burned alive yeah that one i can see still trying and trying and trying until he get her to like her but the rest of them a the mean girl nonsense at school that's so played out i'm over it i get it you need to have conflicts but I'd rather have seen, well, the mean girl to school becoming your your friend is yeah. so cliche at this point. It's like the end of Sky High. My my girlfriend became my arch enemy, my arch enemy became my best friend, and my best friend became a girlfriend. Like, 
you know, it just, it, yeah. it's overdone, but it's also a teen drama. Yeah. And it's not directed at guys our age. That's this is true. As much as I enjoyed it, I know I'm not this target market. Yeah, we're not the target. We're not the uh, target audience, but we are the audience because yep. anybody who loves Adam's family is going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like overall, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to watch it again yep. to find the things I missed to see any of the other. Um, well, and that's interesting too. Is there's some good stuff when you watch it through a second or third time? You got it on and just ah, ooh, right. As yeah. with a lot of things, right? and and I'm sure there's a ton of foreshadowing and little hints that get dropped <laughs> that the first time you watch it, because you're trying to keep track of everything, doesn't really land. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, that's my my love with rewatching anything is now that you know what didn't you know, yeah, right. That as as a writer or director on set, you're just having a little giggle over, right? So they'll never see this coming, but we're gonna throw this in here, yeah, for the rewatchers, <laughs> right? So uh, I love I love seeing stuff like that. It's part of the reason I rewatch most things. I also wasn't super happy with the look of the hide. It was just a little too cartoony. It was too Scooby-Doo for me. A little bit, yeah. I'm trying to think of what I compared it to when I, I first saw it. I'm comparing it, it to Scooby-Doo. No, I know. there the was mo- No, I mean the monsters on I, Monster Island oh, I, with I the little ears. Yeah, yeah. You took the ears off. That's basically what it yeah, was. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. There was something specific that I had seen recently, and I went, oh, my gosh, it's like the same thing. And I can't remember what it was, so it's kind of irrelevant. But uh, I made the comparison to my wife, and I don't think she got it either. But, yeah, there it it had a interesting look to it. Yeah, it's not what I would have expected out of that creature per se i would have rather seen a similar look to the league of extraordinary gentlemen hide mm. rather than the weird cartoony bulging eyeball hide yeah like it would have made a lot more sense but here's yeah, the I, other I won't question disagree with that here's now the question when did hides come into existence and are they all descendants of Jekyll? Mm. Because when he has the monster book, it doesn't say how far back it went to find the hides mm-hmm. or when they came about. That's an interesting question. Because if the hide... For season two. No. <laughs> if the hide was originally chemically induced. Yeah. How does and that not become... not trauma induced. How does that become a... Uh... Genetic trait, genetic trait, yeah. yeah. I mean, or does it? Okay. Or is is Jekyll and Hyde a cover story to explain the existence of hides to regular people? Say, oh no, it's it's a, it's a chemical thing. He did it to himself. <laughs> ah, maybe. Interesting thoughts for Wednesday season two. <laughs> I, I'm interested to see where they go with it because yep. there's a lot of open plot lines. Yep. There's the cult plot line mm-hmm. the hide broke out mm-hmm. Wednesday with the boy was completely unfulfilled yep um, who the new headmistress is going to be mm-hmm. um, did we really see her in any class except herbology sorry plant 
whatever. You can't call it herbology because that's a Harry Potter thing. Carnivorous plants. Uh, I don't think I don't think you so. see her in any no. other thing. No, because there was only one relevant teacher in the whole thing, and it was the <laughs> the dorm master. <laughs> but so. the question then comes in, does it have the same problem as Harry Potter? Because they may know how to do magic, but none of them can do basic math. Yeah. Or write properly in English. Yeah. Because there are no... There are no classes in Hogwarts on how to learn things like history of magic is one thing, but they know nothing about the rest of the world. There's no yeah. history. Yeah. And that's why. I I think there is a good carry through on some legitimate uh, studies in school because you've got things like the references to Poe. Um, and, and things like that, well, which do, Poe, which do tie you into a sense of re like an understanding of true literature. Except the references to Poe have nothing to do with him being a poet. It has to do with being alumni. I know, but it still ties back into that. Right. So it allows for that connection. It may, as much as it may not be made current, uh, it allows for that carryover without having to manufacture it later. Right? I guess, but again, I there's she doesn't have books with like English and math and world history and stuff like that. It's all magic oriented or other oriented. Yeah. And that I mean that kind of bothers me. It like again, Hogwarts itself is a problematic school on many levels, but yeah. the primary one is the fact that they don't teach them anything. Yeah. They teach them how to control the magic, which is great. But there's no music class, there's no art class, there's no English geography, which brings to mind the theory. I know we've gone from Wednesday to Harry Potter, but there's a theory that the wizards actually lost the last war. Yeah. And they're now living much like natives are living. They live on reserves. They're kept out of sight of regular people. They're treated like second-class citizens. They're kept stupid because it's the 80s. Why are they still using quills? Why yeah. are they... like? Why does nobody know what a telephone is? Yeah. Like, there were computers in the 80s. Computers could have been used very easily in their... Like, typewriter, even typewriters. What what's wrong with typing up your uh, thing? When I was in school in the eighties, we typed up our reports yeah. on a typewriter. Yeah. Like I do like that connection in Wednesday though. Uh, that they do they don't discount the technology factor, right? They just does, have but they don't rescind from it and yeah. they do play with it. Yeah. Right? Which is great. I think that that was a really well oriented archetype for her is like okay but i have my typewriter it's like okay but i have a blog why don't you watch my blog like, yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah that yeah. that part Typical i was really impressed yep. with <laughs> the press the fact that right. it was current yeah and any non-technology uh anachronistic stuff is due to wesley's personality yeah. not imposed by the society which yeah. is nice yeah. Well, it's it's more of a, a play into her family values as opposed to, you know, because the the sending of the crystal ball with her as a means of communication yeah. as opposed to just 
pick iPhone? up the phone. Like <laughs> FaceTime <laughs> you know? is way more reliable than a crystal ball. Right? Maybe it's not. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know what kind of reception a crystal ball gets. So now plot wise for the other characters. Okay. The roommate, very predictable. Yeah. Like insanely predictable. Um the bad boyfriend, like the uh, the hide boyfriend, yep. not predictable at all. No. That one was complete yeah. left field for me. I was like, no way. I think, oh, is it? I oh, found his on. character in general to be somewhat dry. Yeah. Um, which is interesting that he ends up being this cornerstone to the story as well. And maybe that's why he flies so far under the radar of suspicion. Because there were times where, you know, you momentarily go to, well, he could be the bet. Ah, no, probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, so it, and as soon as she had the uh, the artist boyfriend arrested, yeah, I went, nope, not him. As soon as she rested, I'm like, oh, no, that was a mistake. I, I kind of felt like they leaned way far into him. To, for him to actually, because if he had, then we're talking about a huge disappointment in the series because it made it way too predictable. Yeah. If he's if he's the uh, MacGuffin on that one, but I would have um, thought it'd be really funny to have a background character become the hide. Right. So some none of person. them yeah. were the right. Like I even, suspected everybody, but it was him who, not you, yeah. him. <laughs> no, behind him. Or yeah. even better, it would the sheriff as the hive would have been a nice touch too. I mean, B Boy would have been a nice one, but they played him in. You knew at a certain point when when he went out during the dance. Oh yeah, uh, you know that that's the shoe that's no. Uh, no, B Boy was plucky comic yeah. relief. He was never I going to be. But it it's an open possibility. Yeah, which if you're trying to play into something, there's an option there. Um, they left it open right enough one. that yeah. it could have been anybody. Yeah. And then when they brought up the crazy sister yep. or daughter or whatever she was um, of the family, that made it even more weird as to who was who. Because then yeah. you threw another unknown. But because they're sisters, there's oh, only I, so many. I jumped in on the whole thing with the with the therapist being the answer. Oh, yeah. I, 100% I, was, like, I, yeah. I was on board. Like they they pulled up to the station. I went. Here's my ticket. Like, <laughs> let me go for a ride. Cause and I'm usually a little more skeptical than that when when you're handed something on a silver platter at that point in the series. But uh, that one had me. I was all right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. They've logicked it out. Cool. I'm good with it. What? <laughs> yeah. And Ricky Lindholm so. is very underrated. She is. Everybody. She she plays things that come out a little one note. But I think that's more the writing than her acting. Yeah. And I think there's some choice in what she decides to play as well. Yeah. Right? Is, is she's a little more selective about you know, projects she wants to do as opposed to projects that she needs to do. Um, Who's her partner? I can never remember I her name. I can't remember her name. But there, Ricky Lindholm, if you don't know who she is, is one half of the comedic vocal duo of Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah. And they chose that because they were both uh, people in duets who were second. Yeah. Like Simon. Oh, and Garfunkel. Yeah. Or Hall. And oh, and Oates. 
So they put Garfunkel, Garfunkel and Oates together to be that as sort of a neither one of us is the top player. We're we're both equally second. And I think Oates had a minor problem with it. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I, I remember hearing something about it until they explained to him why. I think he was thought they were making fun of them ah. and not giving them a, a, you know, an ode to, yep. you know, or a, this is a tribute yeah. tribute. Thank you. So I, I remember hearing something about it. I'm not 100 percent on that, but I remember hearing something about that. But again, that's irrelevant. The uh, the other half of um, the other half of Garfunkel and Oates, so I can't remember her name, does a lot more acting than Ricky does. Yeah. But when Ricky's out doing her thing, she's really quite good. She is, yeah, and she's I I find she's got a lot more versatility than her partner does. Um, not that she's not great, but uh, there's there's a certain typecasting that the other gets, and Ricky yep. doesn't necessarily need to adhere to that standard because this this character was not something i would have expected for her, um but yep. she played into it really well that squirrel um, army was creepy yeah. as hell oh yeah that was, <laughs> that was weird <laughs> but that also brought me back as soon as i started i started laughing a little bit too because all i thought of was the janitor from scrubs and his squirrel army of Oh, yeah. He's like poaching, killing, and then like it's not just finding them dead on the road. He's going out and killing them and making them his squirrel army, and then have like naming them and having discussions and meetings with. Them. It always just puts me with Steve Carell dinner for schmucks. Yeah, <laughs> because that's his big thing. Is oh. <laughs> and this is an actual thing. This is a real thing that people are out there doing. Is you know taxidermying roadkill, which is just. I mean, you do you. Um, <laughs> and people buy it. Yeah, which is, I don't know which is crazier at that point, but uh, I digress. So, um, to wrap up, yeah, we've really picked apart all, a whole bunch of negative stuff about Wednesday. I think this is, goes on record as our most negative, like, we're throwing heat at a lot of this, which we don't usually do too much of. But on the same other end of the coin, we actually really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And I'm going to put this on the, what I was told when I was learning how to judge, when I was being judged in piano competitions. And when I learned to judge for costuming or Mm -hmm. for whatever, if you were crap, yeah, I will try and find something good for you to take away. Yeah. If you were okay, I might find a couple of big things to criticize you on and mostly give you okay. If you were fantastic, I'm only going to give you criticism. Because you know you're good. Yeah. You don't need other people to tell you good. But if you fix these couple little things, you're going to be amazing. Oh, it was funny. I was watching a thing today. Uh, I came across my phone, and uh, it was somebody doing a podcast. So, and I don't know what the podcast was. I didn't catch the context of it. But he was saying, trying to be a positive person, but also trying to be honest. And it's really hard to be honest with people when they're performing or something. So, say you're invited to see your friends play, right? And it is terrible. It's a horrible play. That was Scrubs. Um, that was the Scrubs podcast. Was it? Uh, uh, the the rewatch show with uh, Zach and Donald. 
They were just talking about that. I just heard that the other day. Were they? Yeah. So I saw this. I wasn't paying attention to who it was. It just kind of came across my my feed. How bizarre is it uh, that I knew that? Right? Uh, wow. But you go to see your friends play and it's really terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to be honest. You don't want to lie. And so in the moment, but in the moment is not the time for brutal honesty. You look like you guys right? are having a lot of fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's it. It's like, you know what? I'm really excited. I got to see you. I've never get- gotten to see you do that. You guys look like you had a good time. You looked great. The costume was awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, Come with then, a couple of good points know, and leave it at that. And then digress from it and don't make it a big patronizing thing. It's just hit them with a couple of positives that aren't lies. <laughs> They're all completely honest, right? But it's not about the play. It's about... Um, I'm excited to see you because you're my friend. It's not about the you, acting. You know, exactly. And then you come back later and, you know, have a call when it's not a big public thing. And, oh, you know, well, honestly, I got to tell you, I didn't quite enjoy the play. I I thought you, your performance you, was great. Your performance may have been great. Yeah. Whatever. The writing was not great. This was what I was struggling with. The You know, it was too warm. The lighting was bad. Whatever. Right. But uh, you had a good time. We we're okay with what we saw <laughs> but it's definitely not something we want to see again right? yeah uh, like i always called myself the russian judge because i was going to, like i said if i tell you that was really good you had a good that was really good it was atrocious yeah. and i just don't have the heart to destroy <laughs> your soul and if it was really really good i'm gonna hunt for something you can improve on yeah. So that you can improve. And I've had people come down on me like a ton of bricks on it and go, why are you being so mean? Why are you nitpicking? I said, because there was nothing else bad about it. Yeah. If I'm I can, hitting you with literally the big stretch I, of what I'm I could find. I'm finding what was wrong whatever with this. tiny little yeah. thing I can find to make it perfect to get you to fix it. But if I say, no, it was, that was a great job. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. It was atrocious. Yeah. And people don't understand that about me, but... That's how I am. The, the tinier nitpick I can find, that means overall, there's nothing for me to complain about. See, I always want to give something the benefit of the doubt, which is why whenever we talk about something, it's like, uh, I'm usually pretty positive, right? <laughs> I enjoyed it. This could have been better. And, you know, there were maybe some glaring. Even things that, like we've talked about Indiana Jones, King of the Crystal Skull, we we handled that in context of it's a good movie, not a good Indiana Jones movie, right? Right. Honestly, it's not a poor movie, right? It's a terrible Indiana Jones movie, and so that's the context to take it in. And so I always want to come away with a positive. Actually, you know what? I didn't get to say it in the Indiana Jones podcast. It's a perfectly good Indiana Jones movie till the last five minutes. I I got to take it beyond that, but that's that's a but that's another thing we'll talk yeah. about some other so. time. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I really, truly enjoyed Wednesday. I looked forward to the next one. I had a lot of fun with it. My problems with it were the nitpicky, tiny little details that bothered me. Most of my problems are inconsequential to the show itself. Exactly. Right? It's it's little casting choices here and there. It's it's the way certain characters were played. But it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the series. It's just, again, nitpicky. Eh, well, that, 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 that. Maybe I would have done that differently. And, and I mean, I, I still would watch it again. 
right? I'm still probably going to go home and turn on an episode. <laughs> like it's, you absolutely you know. should because it's great. So uh, if you haven't watched it, hopefully we didn't spoil too much for you and, and you should definitely go and watch Wednesday. Uh, I would suggest giving yourself a day between episodes just to kind of absorb it. Uh, I find it it's a really tough binge because there's a lot of information happening all at once. And so we watched it day after another. Uh, and gave ourselves some time to kind of sit on what we just saw. Oh, we binge watched yeah. it, but we did it at my mother-in-law's when we were trapped there during the blackout. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So, And used up a crap ton of my phone data because we didn't have <laughs> internet at the time. So um, I ended up going to my sister-in-law's and downloading them all into the yeah. Netflix app and then watching them that way. That's a good. Way. But for the first, like, five of them, I went, oh, I'm just going to – it should be that mad. And blew through, like, five <laughs> gigs of my data. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Thank goodness I roll over in 10 days, but <laughs> so, uh, if you want to tell us we were wrong about some of the things we said about Wednesday, uh, you're welcome to. We're probably not going to pay that much attention, uh, but go ahead and put it something in the comments uh, if you want to agree or tell us tell us off. We're always open to it. Or if you have uh, ideas for other topics for us to discuss on here on At The Counter, uh, we're more than happy to take a look and see what we know about what you want to hear about. Well, that wraps it up for this topic. However, the list of topics is ever growing. So if you have a show idea or a topic you think we should discuss, please send it to Christian at FrugalDutchman.com. Or join us on Facebook, TFDATC. That's the Frugal Dutchman at the counter. So join us once again where nerdy isn't dirty. It's a badge of honor. For Christian, I'm Marcus. For Marcus, I'm Christian. And we'll see you at the counter. counter.